listening to First Church Charlotte. Aren't you glad he's faithful? Aren't you happy to know that he will always hear you when you pray? That was a wonderful revelation that came to me many years ago. People that are carrying their cross, walking with Jesus, he's promised to always hear you and always be with you. If you haven't picked up your cross yet, today's a good day to pick it up and let it do a wonderful work in your heart. It'll only make you a better person, That's right. a happier person, an easier person to get along with, It'll make you more able to get along with people that are hard to get along with. Yes. Sound like a good deal to me. Amen. And it's a wonderful thing to have that kind of faithful relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you like to stand as we read the word? If you need to stay seated, please do so. <clears throat> Glad to see everyone here. Pray for our pastor and his family's safe journey as they travel this week, heading back home. Uh, they need their times of R&R, &R and they got some this week, and we're happy for them. And uh, hopefully a uh, couple of months from now, it'll be my turn for a little R&R, &R, <laughs> and yours turn too, <laughs> especially with all this stuff that's going on kind of changes the way we look at everything. But that's okay. It's a sign the Lord's coming soon. Yes. Revelation chapter 1. <clears throat> Most of our Bibles, I checked about three this morning, and uh, it'll introduce this book with the Revelation. Mine says, The Revelation of St. John the Divine. Now you know that the text is anointed, inspired by God. But these added uh, statements were not written by John. They were not anointed. Um, the rest of the Bible is anointed. But these little comments like the revelation of, they should have, they should have uh, said it some way different than that. Because the first verse tells us exactly what, uh, what it is. And... Read it with me if you can read it up here, yeah. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. We're talking about John there. He's the him. To show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ. And of all things that he saw. Amen. Let's go to Revelation 4 before you're seated. And see some of what John saw. This is a revelation that has got a special blessing on people that will read it. Because it will leave you with a lot of questions. Mysterious questions. Who's that coming out of a pit? Who's that pale horse? Who's on that white horse? Who's on that red horse? Kind of gets you thinking a little bit. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place. Verse 1, after this I looked and behold the door 
a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on that throne. Don't you want to be there? Amen. It's going to happen pretty quick. All things are ready. He that sat on the, he that sat on the throne, basically saying, he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone. And there was a rainbow around about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Down into verse 4, I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. They represent the saints of God that made it in. Verse 5, and out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices. Yes, you don't want to miss heaven. Whatever it takes. You want to make heaven your home. Amen. You may be seated. Let me tell you about where we're going today. I hope you'll all go with me on this journey and not uh, think how you'd like to be at Carowinds on the Terminator. Most of you don't sound like you've ever been on the Terminator. My grandkids got me there once. <laughs> You go way up there, and you almost come straight down. And honestly, when I was through with that ride, it took one hour to get my head squared away. I didn't tell anybody, but I was woozy, and it wasn't anything I drank. First of all, I want to talk about this great God that we're serving today. Isn't it wonderful to come into his house and worship him a while? I want to start every day worshiping him. Drawing his presence. He can't stay away. You know what the lady said that wanted her daughter healed? She just kept worshiping. As he talked to his disciple, he ignored her and talked to his disciple. She just kept worshiping. Oh, son of David. No telling what all she said. I'll, I'll be glad to turn the, the history channel on in heaven and say, I want to see that scene as it really happened. I, mean, I know I'm getting out there. That's okay. Someday we're going to be out there. That's right. But uh, finally he looked at her and said, well, it's not right to take the children's meat and give it to the dogs. She could have been offended so bad. She got, a, got her little feelings hurt, got her big feelings hurt. She could have walked away and said, he's not going to talk to me like that. He said, I'm a dog. Well, he didn't say she was a dog, but he implied something like that. And he turned to her with that statement. When she come back, she said, even the dogs get the crumbs, Lord. All I'm asking for is a crumb. And she got it. And it's all she needed. Before she got home, the devil had 
had left her daughter. You got a daughter that's troubled by the devil, got a son like that? You can get a hold of Jesus and cast that devil off them in Jesus' name. Amen. Through prayer and fasting and the word of God, there's victory for our children. Amen. So we're going to talk about this great God that loves us so much. Creator of this universe, creator of everything uh, that exists, every living creature. Amen. He created us all. We're all part of his creation. Then we'll talk about this great church we're part of. This local church and the church worldwide. What a great church we're part of today. Aren't you glad to be in church? You got up. Put on your church going clothes and come on to the house of the Lord. And here we are praising his name together. It's a wonderful church. The called out ones. They're called in the scripture. Who have taken up their cross and are following Jesus Christ. Then we'll look at the great privilege we have as the people of God to get on board, to join up in the army of the Lord, to get on, on our way doing his will and blessing people everywhere we go. Yes. He's a great God. Yes, it's a wonderful thing that we've realized that today. We all got up, got ready to go, brushed our teeth, combed our hair. You know, as you, as you grow and add years, it just takes a little longer to do all the things to make you kind of look presentable. You'll understand it better by and by. Amen. So uh, just hang tough. It just, uh, you can't just, uh, you know, flip it back and uh, it'll land any old way. Anyway, uh, and it's a joy to be here. You're, you're exhibiting by being here, something great to the kingdom of God. That's right. I want all of us, and I challenge you to open your eyes for a fresh vision of Jesus Christ. It's so important for us all to uh, see the Lord as he really is. Because the cares of life, the troubles of life, the stresses, anxieties, the sorrows, the the joys, just it all mixed together, especially the cares of life, it will let your vision grow cold and let it become unclear. Let your feelings kind of take the edge off of them. There was a church in the book of Revelations that Jesus challenged them. He said, I know your good works. You're good people. I see all the good things you're doing. And, and you're, you're doing this. And he, he named out a number of things that they did so right. Good people of God. But he said, I'm troubled about one thing. <laughs> he says, you don't love me like you used to. You've lost your first love. First love is such a wonderful thing. It's so wonderful. Every one of us married folks need to really work hard to keep first love Amen. always first. It never, needs to, it never needs to lose its joy, its happiness, its uh, fun of living. It's all the blessings of that first love that makes you so careful and, and helpful to one another. Yes. It's worth working on in our lives. And all of us get to 
get to go through the process of realizing I need to tighten it up. I need to, I need to make it better. I, I can do this better. That's right. Because we all get impatient. We all can get a little, you know, a little quick to say something. All of us, uh, none of us are exempt from being human. <laughs> so we all need the help of the Lord. Amen? Amen. But when we get a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's done, what he's done for us, and what he wants to do in us, it will absolutely transform our lives in 2021. And we will, it will help us become who he wants us to be and to do what he wants us to do. Jesus said, Matthew 24, nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences. For your listening pleasure, that's what we're in right now, all over this world. Old man COVID-19 is hanging around. And he's got some sons, daughters, I guess, <laughs> that are trying to sneak up. That word just as easily could have been translated plagues or pandemics. These are the signs of the end of time. There will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in different places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Because as you read in the book of Revelation, judgment is coming to this old world. To those who refuse to have God in their consciousness. To those that want to put God on some way back in their lifestyle. Almost inconsiderate of what God would think about how they're living and what they're doing. We care. We're here today. And it's a wonderful thing to be a part of the church of the living God. And so it's important that we realize, I don't know what's all going to happen in this world. But we know we're getting closer. They're about to change our monetary systems probably in the next five years where you'll throw your money into the streets. Bitcoin, all of that kind of stuff is making it where money won't be worth anything. They won't use it anymore. We're almost there now. You got enough plastic in your wallet to go buy just about anything, maybe not a house. Some of you could probably buy a house if it was small enough. They got cards now where there's no limit. That means you probably got a million in the bank so they know they're covered. And you, it's hard to buy something for a million unless it's land or property. But we're living in that time. It's time to listen up. If, if anybody's playing any games on the side, you need to lay them down. You need to bring them to an altar and repent and pour your soul out to Jesus and let him cleanse our hearts yeah. of everything, filthiness of the yeah. flesh and spirit and tune ourselves in with what's going on in heaven. But what a mighty God we serve. Thus saith the Lord, Jeremiah wrote, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, 
that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things, what things? Loving kindness, judgment, righteousness. In these things I delight, saith the Lord. He loves to give mercy. All heaven rejoices with one sinner repents. Isn't that amazing? We almost would think, well, seems like all heaven would rejoice when a person gets baptized. Well, they probably do. Or all heaven would rejoice when they get the Holy Ghost. We, don't, we all rejoice. But when someone comes with a broken heart and a humble spirit says, God, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner, and finds God in a way of repentance, all heaven stops. The angels shout, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Praise God. Let's don't take repentance lightly. It's a change of mind. It's a change of heart. We want to get off the broad way of sin and get on the narrow way of salvation. And God will help you all along the way. There are many educational degrees we can seek in this life. Many of you, like I, have gone through that process. I got an AA degree in electronics in San Diego before we... Before I'd even got a call to the ministry. And then I went ahead and got a BA in English literature. Someone thought I got it in English grammar. I hate to admit it, but I didn't get that degree in grammar. I got it in literature. <laughs> but uh, it was a fun read, all of that English literature they forced down my, through my cells of my brain. But it's a wonderful thing to, to have accomplished that. Some of you are in the process right now, getting a degree. You know that your income goes up uh, 10 or 20,000, maybe 30,000, according to which degree you got. Anybody want to be a doctor? It takes a long time to be a doctor. But uh, people are doing it. and. Uh, it's worthy if you're living for God, walking with him, you'll know what to do in the operating room and with your finances. And so it's important that we, we, we get that as early as possible. And that's why our parents are pushing us. Do it now. You don't have a wife. You don't have a husband. You don't have kids. You don't have big bills. Everything brings bills, increases the bills. Right. Got to have money. Don't have time to go to school now. Well... There are jobs out in our world that will, you can, you can survive on it. And uh, I've been there, so I, I know what I'm talking about. I've, I've been in survival mode for a few years in my working situation. But the Lord, I just want to say this, the knowledge that makes me smile, the knowledge that brings me such joy, the knowledge that I can shout about, is that I know him, and he knows me. I know his name, he knows my name. I know somewhat about him in my limited human understanding, but he counts every hair on my head, and every hair's got a number. That's how much he cares. Oh, he sees when every sparrow falls. 
And brother, sister, he sees when you're hurting. He sees when you're in trouble. He knows what's going on. And the good news, he loves to be loving kindness. A giver of loving kindness and help us through our troubles. That's the wisdom that really matters. That's my highest privilege that I know him. The psalmist had a great concept of who God was when he wrote in Psalm 24, Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Say that again. Yes. Somebody get excited with me. We've been pressed down as a church. People don't want you to mention God. They don't want to see a Bible on your... When, when, when did they have the authority to take my Bible off my desk? They don't want to see that. Someone will turn you into what? HR, whatever it is. Don't want you praying in Jesus' name. I prayed down at city council a few times in my years and I just made up my mind because they were already talking about it. I says, if you want me to pray, I can only do one thing in Jesus' name. I can only pray in his name. I can't pray in any other name. So you'll, you'll have to get somebody else. And one time I had to tell him that. I said, I'm, I'm going to pray in Jesus' name. I said, if, 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 a, if a brother Jew prays and he wants to pray in the name of Jehovah, I'm happy for him. Yes. Jehovah will probably hear him. If, a, if, if some other, if a Muslim prays and he wants to pray in the name of Allah, uh, as far as I'm concerned, no disrespect, but I want to pray in Jesus' name. That's so right. I know I need, I need to do my own praying. I just can't say amen to his praying. But I want to respect him. And I'd rather them pray in the name of the God they represent. And I also want to pray myself and have the authority and the willingness and the ability to pray in the name that saved my soul from a burning hell. Let praise be given to Jesus Christ. But they've tried to stomp us down and keep us quiet. I'm tired of it. I'm going to tell people every time they ask me how I'm doing, I'm, I'm telling them now I'm a blessed man. Went to church yesterday. Come on. Had a move of God. Felt the presence of the Holy One. If I want to give someone a dollar and not care what they're going to do with it, I want to give it in Jesus' name. Because that's why I'm giving it. Because there's a soul for whom Jesus died. Those alcoholics make great saints when they get full of the Holy Ghost. The new wine. The new wine does the trick, brother. Sister Elms and I just went to the homegoing service of Roland Johnson Sr. last Monday night. They asked me to say some things. I was glad because I had something to say. Many years ago, Sister Elms was moved on by God to knock on every door in our neighborhood. And uh, so she took Brother Nathan with her, and uh, they went. She went to one house, old looking fella, 
probably in his 50s, but he had looked low. He would lived a rough life. He would hide that beer behind the seat when she come up the steps. And, uh, and they'd talk. He told her he had a praying mother. So he respected God and respected her mother, his mother. And uh, she told Pastor Nathan, go, go down there and try to get those boys to come down to Sunday school with us. So he'd go play with them and try to get them to come. So they had a good team going there. And uh, she told me that uh, she found a hungry soul. She found a few others and taught them Bible studies in our neighborhood, but he's the only one that I recall that came into the church. And uh, uh, that, this is back in the 80s, folks. And he, I taught him a three-month Bible study every week. And he didn't move, didn't come to church, didn't know much was happening. He, uh, he, he just seemed to be getting kind of slow, slow thinker there. And a slow mover. And I, I uh, started, to, started to go back through it again. Good old search for truth. And he... He listened and heard me, and one time during that second time, I said, Lord, I'm leaving my wife and my kids home. I'm going two hours probably before I get back home, and uh, I, I need to know something. I, I don't want this, this seed I'm planting to not come up. I'm looking for a harvest, like the Lord is looking for a harvest. That's right, that's right. I said, let me know something. And sure enough, during that course, boy, I got the quickening of the spirit. I said, okay, that's all I needed. Amen. Kept going, finished that one. No movement. We started the third time back through Search for Truth. We got about halfway there, and he had a brain aneurysm. And someone got his attention. It took him a few weeks to get well. But when he came back, he came to church. And in two weeks' time, that man had repented of his sins, been baptized in Jesus' name, and got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. It still works. He was a drunk over in North Charlotte. He took me to the place where he was killing a man, choking him to death. And his friend grabbed him and pulled him off of him. Rowan's friend pulled him off of him. Or he'd have, he'd, that man, he'd have been a murderer after that. He said, Jesus came just in time to save my soul. Yes. And he's been shouting ever since. He told Roland Jr., he said, that church there on Sharon Amity, that's my church. It'll always be my church. That's my pastor. It'll always be my pastor. Oh, I'm telling you, when God saves a soul from the burning hell he's living in, it's time for someone to shout. It's time to get excited. It's time to praise the Lord. If this didn't work, you think we would dedicate our life to spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm telling you, it works. It'll work for you. It'll work for me. The Lord is my light. Psalm 27. And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? You got fear of strange noises in the night? Just praise the Lord as you go to turn some lights on and check on them. 
Last summer we had some strange noises in the attic. So I, I got my faithful light, one of those bright ones, went up in the attic, and sure enough, I saw a furball headed for a corner, and he disappeared down some hole. So I set a trap. Tried to catch him in my squirrel cage, but it, he'd go in and eat the food all the way into the end and back out and I couldn't catch him so I had to go buy a $55 raccoon trap he'd catch anything about that size I don't want to catch a skunk but uh, <laughs> they normally got better sense than to go into attics I think but uh, so sure enough I heard it snap Sure enough, he was up there. Boy, he was mad about it. He made so much noise. Uh, a squirrel makes no noise like a raccoon. It was like he was in a tumbling fight up in the attic, rolling and hitting wood. Loud noises. Got him, took him about eight miles out in the country to a nice wooded area and said, adios, let him go. <laughs> If my wife hears any strange sounds, she's thinking, you think he'd come back? <laughs> I said, no, there's too many houses between me and him. <laughs> the strength of my life is what the Lord will be. Whom shall I be afraid? Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that I will seek after. Yes. Hallelujah. I've known of corrupt men somehow slipped through the, the halls of justice and uh, knew how to pay certain people off to where he could slip on out. Slippery as a snake with an attitude of a snake. Millionaires, not all of them, not at all. Rich people, not all, some are precious people. Some of them are Holy Ghost filled, Jesus name baptized. I hope some of you become a millionaire in the will of God. Amen. Might be harder to pay, if you make a million, might be harder to pay 100,000 in tithes than it is to pay $10 when you make $100. But you need to settle this now. If the Lord blesses you that way, you need to put a biggest smile on your face. Let it be the first check you write out of that new income. And praise the Lord when you put it in the plate or put it in the kiosk or send it in by the internet. Hallelujah. Because, you know, you wouldn't want the Lord to have to put you back down to $100, however long that would take you, two or three days to make. So you'd know how to appreciate it in the good times. You know? Amen. But David saw that. He said, I went to, I saw all these people, wicked people, they were doing so well. Didn't have a trouble in the world. Didn't worry about their kids getting involved in all kinds of corruption. They just did it anyway. 
They had nothing, no, no rules on their life, no cross to bury, and yet they're prospering. He says, it almost, almost bowled me over. Oh, my foot almost slipped, he said, until I went to the house of the Lord. Until I went to the house of the Lord. That's why we need to be in the house of the Lord. That's why we need to be on the internet watching and participating. Don't act like nothing's happening. Don't act like it's your favorite comic uh, vision or DVD. Get involved in that service. Come on, we need to have some church in this house. Make the kids gather around. Get them out of their iPads, et cetera, et cetera. And let's have some church here today now. It's church time. Come on, everybody. Let's get to the house of the Lord in spirit. If we can't do it in the flesh. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, for all the days of my life, to behold the beauty. Why do you come? I want to see his beauty. I want to see the miracles he's doing. I want to see the joy he's given. I want to give, see the love he, he helps people through their sorrows, through their troubles, through their surgeries, through all of the stuff life throws at us. But I want to see how God brings them through. And tell my friends and tell my neighbors, if you've ever seen a miracle with your own eyes, you need to tell every people at work. Tell them in your neighborhood. Tell them to your kids. Tell them to your kids and tell them back to you. Come on, come on. I watched a lady be healed of a neck tumor. Her neck went from her chin down to the top of her chest straight down and it was all of course filled she was heavy and it was all there and there were two us i and another priest were sitting on the front row she came to us and uh he had been experienced he had had experience in god using him in the miracles and gifts and so he I, I was glad to just follow him over there and we laid hands on her and I laid hands on him and in 15 seconds I watched it go back, her neck to go back to a normal size. <laughs> Happened in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm standing three feet away and I watched it. I said, wow. When you're an eyewitness to the power of God, it helps things a lot. You know, you're not just a person of faking religion is a nice thing to have. Nice to my portfolio. He's a church going man. Whatever. No, it's far more than that. It's a life changing thing. Come on now. And so it's a wonderful thing to know who Jesus is. That's why I'm challenging all of us. Let's take the rest of this month to get close to Jesus, to renew our first love for him. He wants our first love. The first church in Revelation, I believe it's the first church Jesus talks to and deals with. He says, you, you're so good. You're such good people. You do this. You do that. You want truth preached. You, you help the poor. You minister in so many ways, but he said, you don't love me like you used to. You used to get excited about church, excited about my presence, excited about 
worship, excited about preaching, and now you just kind of dulled out like you're on some kind of a drug. They try to give you when you've lost someone you love, you know. There's always, in the hospital, they'll, they'll fix you up with something that'll let you go through the funeral. So you won't cry. You need to cry a little bit. That's right. That releases the pain of the soul in sorrow. You don't need to be drugged up. Be like coming in drunk to the funeral. If you need it, take it in Jesus' name. Gone to pastoring already. After 40 years, just hard to get out of that. But I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing to know the Lord. His greatness, His power. Some people have never had the revelation of who Jesus is. I'm here to tell you, better thank God for this truth of who Jesus is. There's a lot of good Christians, good people. They don't lie, they don't cheat. They, they pay their taxes. They do everything that you do. Very possibly. But uh, they don't really know him. And Isaiah got the revelation 700 years before Christ was born. Isaiah got it. The word of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord came on him to write. For unto us a child is born. That's right. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The mighty oh, God. what does that say? Let me, let me, get, let me get my glasses. <laughs> this is about Jesus. This is this child that's going to be born in 700 years. He didn't know that. The mighty God. What did Isaiah just say? The mighty God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. one. He knew that. Amen. The. It says the. Mighty God. And then that next one. Isaiah, you, you've gone off your rocker. Uh, are you sure? You want to write that? The Holy Ghost is all over me. Get out of my way. Go take that pen from me. The everlasting Father. That's right. <laughs> he wrote it. And glory to God, the Prince of Peace. Amen. As this pandemic messed up with your peace, messed around with your peace of mind, peace of heart, I'm telling you, your prayer room at home is a place of peace. If you just, just check in, check in every day, check in morning and evening. You know, in the Old Testament, they had the morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice. That's right. That's check in morning, check in evening. Even if it's 10 minutes. Check in morning, check in evening. As you give yourself to serious prayer for 10 minutes, guess what? 30 minutes is no problem. Once you get into it, you say, really, boy, that's where I get my peace. Take your little notepad in there in your Bible. Start writing what God impresses on your heart and on your mind while you're talking to him. Yeah. He'll tell you what to do on certain days. He'll tell you who to call and give them an encouraging word. 
he'll tell you what the answer is to the problem you haven't been able to solve. Come on. I'm talking about the present gifts of the Spirit that are to operate in the church. Not just when there's a tongue and an interpretation, but you when you're home and you don't know what to do about that child that started to smart off to you and you're ready to slap them. You're ready to say, I brought you into this world and don't you ever forget, I can take you out. I've been a parent. I've had that feeling come on me. I know I need a prayer meeting right then. So I normally clam up. The matter I get, I become a stoic. Because I know if I open my mouth, I might say what they need to hear, but I'll say it in the wrong way. I just got that much flesh in me. They need someone to look them between the eyes and say, straighten up before I kill you. <laughs> and this is going all over the internet. Oh, God. <laughs> There's going to be a policeman knocking on my door this afternoon saying I threatened my child's life. And I die protecting them. Immediately after I told them, straighten up. Someone come against them, brother, and you think I'd protect them, don't get between them and their mama. Amazing how little, little young lady can turn into a wildcat if you mess with their babies. And don't you think they're babies only when they're up to their three years old? They're still babies in their teens. And if necessary, in their 20s and 30s. You'll understand it better by and by when you fall in love with that beautiful little baby that's coming to your life. The Bible calls Jesus the rock. Why? Well, Jesus built rocks. <laughs> Land separate from the sea. Back when he was saying, let there be light. And Gabriel hit the switch. <laughs> Bible calls Jesus our rock. Calls him our Emmanuel, God with us. Do you really believe God's going to walk with you out, out the doors today? He's going to go home with you. He's going to go where you're going to eat. He's going to go home with you. Yes. You're going to go home, fix some good tacos and enchiladas and tamales. Yes. He's going to be right there with you. As Brother Pugh told us, Jesus has a special place at their home. They leave it open for him. And, he, and Brother Pugh said, often he comes. And he could have went ahead and said, he's there all the time, but often he makes himself known. And he said, Jesus, so glad you came in today. You're always welcome in my house. And Jesus said back to J.T. Pugh, yeah, this is my house too. 
Brother Pew said, oh, you're so right. You're also, you're all so right. Because if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't have this house. And so he's as close as the mention of his name. He's as close as you want him to be. He'll walk with you every minute of every day. If you'll just, Lord, I know you're with me right now. Help me with this interview. I've got to, I've got to be the interviewer. I'm, I'm being interviewed. Give me wisdom. Give me love. Give me concern. That chip I finally got off my shoulder, don't let that show up because it's gone. It's under the blood. Amen. Amen. Don't go in for an interview of a job with a chip on your shoulder. Red and yellow, black and white, get the chip off your shoulder. We're all precious in his sight. Amen. Let me change gears here. That clock just keeps running. Isaiah got the revelation 700 years before he was born. Then Philip got the revelation one day in John 14. Philip said to the Lord, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be sufficient for us. We'll be satisfied. You pray to him. We've heard you pray to him. We've heard you refer to him. Now show us the Father. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long, so with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me. Oh, here's another one of those anointed writers, supposedly. John, going to print this in the Bible. Should he really repeat what Jesus said? Might throw a monkey wrench into people's doctrine. But the Holy Ghost moved on. Give me that pen. I'm going to write it. <laughs> he who has seen me has seen the Father. Why do you say, show us the Father? Come on. You're looking at him. God manifest in the flesh. Oh, I think we ought to praise him a little bit. Come on, help me. Let's get excited. It's a wonderful thing to know who Jesus really is. He's the star of astronomy, the rock of geology, the lion and the lamb of zoology. Great men have come and gone, yet he lives on. Herod couldn't kill him. Satan could not seduce him. Death could not destroy him. And the grave could not hold him. <laughs> he laid aside his purple robe for a peasant, pleasant, peasant's grand gown. How poor? Ask Mary. She's the one that cleaned the stable up. And she was fixing to have a baby. Ask the wise men. They found him in that humble abode. Somewhere in town, he slept in another man's manger, cruised the lake in another, another's boat. He rode on another man's colt. He was buried in another man's tomb. All else fell, but he never failed. The ever-perfect one. He is the chief among 10,000, 10 million, the chief among 10 billion. We're not there yet, are we? Nope. Where are we? Seven. Seven billion on earth. Everybody. Somewhere around seven billion, but he's the chief among all. Right. Amen. Amen. He's altogether lovely. That's right. 
He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Can we take a praise break this morning? Somebody shout. Somebody worship. Lift up your voice. We cannot exhaust the magnificence of our Lord. So let's shift gears. We need to try that sometime when we're praying. To say, this is a day to praise the Lord. I'm, I don't want to ask him for one thing today. Yeah. Not one thing. I'm just going to praise him. Thank you for all of the memories you have of his presence coming into your life and changing you. All the times he's comforted you after, after struggles came into your life. All the sorrows you've suffered through. All of the things life has thrown at you. And just praise him. See if you can just keep going for an hour. Just magnifying him. If you got any troubles, just open Psalms up. <laughs> and send those praises heavenward. And have a wonderful time. The Apostle Paul, Peter declared by the Holy Spirit, but ye are a chosen. Who? The church. The church worldwide and this local church. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar, that's a special people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, that war against the soul. That's how we become that holy nation. That's right. Searching the Bible on how to obey the word, word of the Lord. And to walk in this world. Seeking to please God in everything. How we live. How we, how we dress. How we talk. How we walk. And to be filled with God's love. And let it flow out of us. To a world that's so in need of true love. Amen. This is a beautiful and amazing, miraculous church that you're a part of today. Church made up of doctors, lawyers, policemen, policemen, nurses, first responders. This church has painters in it, pilots, technicians, realtors, brilliant people. Some of them who used to be drug dealers. Yeah. Don't be asking too many questions about a person's past. I want to keep your purse closer and your check for your wallet, you know. A lot of them were drug users. We're not going to have a confession service this morning because it's all under the blood. Roland Jr. last Monday told this on his dad. The Lord delivered him from alcohol when he got the Holy Ghost. Didn't want his buddies would try to get him to come. And then that first two weeks, I think after he got the Holy Ghost, they said, here, they had laid it down. It was either beer or some hard, some hard whiskey. And uh, they, they just kept pestering him. Come on, come on, let's, let's have a good time. Roland said he took two sips, little sips, just a sip. And he put the glass down and never touched it. He says, this don't do for me anymore what it used to. I found my Savior. I found my God. <laughs> when God delivers you, you are delivered in Jesus' name. 
This is a victorious church. Yes, it is. Some of us used to be liars, cheaters, given over to the desires of our flesh. Got a little amen back there. It's all right, buddy. You're hearing it preached today and every Sunday. But have been set free by the power of Jesus Christ. Born again, church. Born of water and spirit. Church we're affiliated with worldwide has missionaries in over 200 countries of the world. And some of those countries have sent out missionaries to the rest of them. That's right. If our people can get in there, they go. But from another country and another nationality of people going. But God's going to spread the world. But just in, just in our situation, which has thousands, tens of thousands of, of pastors all over the world, tens of thousands of churches, Every week, 2,500 people have the born-again experience come to them. Repentance. Faith, repentance, baptism. The Holy Ghost like they got it in Acts 2. Every work day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, over 500 people come to the Lord. Around the world. Faith in Jesus. Repent of their sins. Baptized in Jesus' name. Sins washed away. Filled with the power. A little bit of the divine nature of Almighty God coming to take up residence in their body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. Most glorious thing in this world. And that you are part of it is a miracle. For all of us, it's a miracle. My older brother was gifted. He was a pitcher on the La Jolla High School baseball team. And in his, in his year, between junior and senior, the practices were cutting into his church time. Every, every day after school, they hit the field and practiced. And he wasn't making church, or he's getting in late. And uh, then they won the championship of San Diego County. And they went to one of the cities around, and the mayor of the city gave them the key to the city, which meant they could go into any theater, any bar that they were old enough to go into, any place of entertainment. And the Spirit of God said, would you be here in the midst of that party time? Would you be here? You know, church is going on right now. Pastor Gray is preaching right now. But you're up here in a weird atmosphere you weren't raised to be in. So he went in the first of his senior year. Hung up his cleats. And well, maybe it would have been all right to go a little bit, see if a college would pick me up. Who knows? Maybe Major League Baseball is in my future, but I choose Jesus. 
He's the one that died for me. He's the one that washed me. And he lived for God. Just retired from pastoring a church in Los Angeles for 45 years, almost 50 years. Retired back to San Diego and is a wonderful blessing to the church in San Diego, the anchor church there now. And that affected Royce, my brother just older than me. It affected me. And it affected my younger brother. Royce quit playing ball. My dad was an athlete par excellence. He hit a ball so far. I think it's still rolling. <laughs> they didn't have fences back in those farm days. It's just an open field somewhere. That's what he told me. He thinks it's still rolling. <laughs> I'm just telling you, when you put God first, whatever it is. Sister Elms was voted in beauty queen of her high school. As a senior in high school. Somehow, her girlfriends really respected her. She was a holiness-loving young teenager. Her girlfriends loved her at school. And she said, well, your church will probably be proud of you winning this award, whole student body. And you know, we got the big game coming, and a big rally. And they, they, they probably honor you for that. And she, she prayed about it, and a week later she said, no, thank you for your kindness, but I, I will not be a beauty queen for this school. I didn't know that until <laughs> in the last month. But it was her consecration. She knew enough to know as beauty queen of the school, some of those beautiful, handsome dudes on the football team would be after her. You know, if you get praised by worldly events like that, something can happen to your brain. Well, nothing's gonna be bad. I'm just telling you, it was her conviction. And they finally realized she meant it. And I guess they had another election. I haven't asked about that. I'm just telling you, some things just don't feel right with a cross on your back. Some things you know they're going to take you, take your time, your attention. You might even get the big head. You might even be affected by the pride that killed Satan from ever having a hope of heaven. He thought he was big and brave enough and strong enough. He says, I'm going to sit on that throne we just read about. And it took him out. He was cast out of heaven. I'm just saying, this is a great church. We better treat it. If you ever hear someone trashing the church, the preacher, another saint. I pastored for a long time. People would come to me and start trashing probably some of you. The Lord's given me a good forgetter. I'm glad he did. 
I said, uh, that doesn't sound like them to me. That's where I'd start. I think you must have mistaken them. Oh, it was them. How do you know? Well, so-and-so told me. Red flag went up. Yeah, so-and-so told you. You know what happened? People that trashed the church, trashed God, trashed the people, the preacher, the organization of the church. In just a, in just a few seconds, they're going to be lying because they like to spread dirt and trash that has no, not even one cross T or dotted I of truth in it. They just want to stay where the garbage is. Sad for them. Jesus loved us when we were in sin. I'm going to hurry along here. This church has been through the storm, but winds couldn't turn it. It's been in the fire, but the fire couldn't burn it. It was fed to the lion, but the lions couldn't eat it. <laughs> Fought a lot of wars, but never defeated. defeated. It's the church triumphant. And it was built by the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the church in the book of Revelation. It's built on a rock. Got a firm foundation. It's been through the flood. This high. Been through the fire. And one of these days that church is going to move up. Higher. Hallelujah. And the world wants you to shut up about going to heaven. Shut up about the Bible. Shut up about Jesus. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm not going to shut up. God gave his life to save my soul. And I'm going to tell the world about it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's the church triumphant. And it's standing by the power of God. And the greatest privilege you'll ever know is to be a part of it. Yeah. 59 times in the book of Acts, all the way through Revelation, the saints are not talking about dead people that died last year or 10 years or 300 years ago. They're talking about living saints in that day. Our world's got all that mixed up. The members of churches that preach the truth and worship God in spirit and in truth. They are the saints of God. You are the saints of the living God. Amen. And 59 times from Acts to Revelation, living saints are referred to as the members of the church Jesus started through his apostles and witnesses through the then known world. Our greatest privilege in 2021 is to be busy in the work of the Lord. Busy in the church. What are you going to do for Jesus this year? Teaching people. Encouraging people. Break out your home Bible studies. Don't tell them it's going to go for 12 weeks. Just say, I got a Bible study. And then we'll go from there. If you want some more, I'll give you some more. Or we can go through this one real fast, and then you might want to go back through it slow. I'm here to be a blessing. <laughs> some of the greatest joys of your life is teaching someone the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Winning people to Jesus. Saving our children. 
Nothing is of higher priority than keeping our hands in the harvest till Jesus comes back. Jesus said, don't say it. There are still yet four months, then comes the harvest. Nobody wants God anymore. Don't you believe it? That's the lie the devil wants you to believe. Everyone puts on a front when they come to work, even when their marriage is falling apart. Even when the wife of their children, three and four little children at home, the wife of their children comes and says, I found somebody else I love. I don't love you anymore. But they come to work. They don't let that get in their way, do they? They just work their way through it. You'll never know unless you have let them know you care. And that you know Jesus. If they have any Christian background, they'll be coming to you anyway saying, will you pray with me? I, I love, I love my wife. I don't want this to fall apart. I need God. Amen. Someone's got to be a light somewhere. That's what we're to be. Turn on the light. These are the ones on the Lord's side. People of the church. The chosen generation. The royal priesthood. The holy nation. The peculiar people. The living saints are the ones that are on the Lord's side. The Lord has already demonstrated his love for us at Calvary and in many other ways. Jesus paid it all, the price of our redemption. So our musicians come, singers, becoming fully persuaded to love everybody in your heart, learning to love Jesus like the Lord, to learning to love sinners, even bad sinners, like the Lord loves them. When you see a drunk, can't hardly stand up, wandering down the sidewalk, don't look at that, what a jerk. Why is he, he's destroying his life. He's not gonna even make 30 years old if he keeps going like that. Someone on drugs, hard drugs, they've overdosed. Too many times to count. Can you love them like Jesus loved them? He went to Calvary for them just like he went to Calvary for you and me. We got to all get to love. That's, that's the answer to winning souls. If we love people, we cannot help but tell them about Jesus. Give them a witness. Give them an encouragement. Respect every denomination. Respect the Baptists. Respect the Methodists. Respect the Presbyterian. Respect the Muslims. You say, well, they don't have the truth. They don't, they don't want our God. They got their own, some of them. He says, well, guess what? Can you love them? Can you respect their devotion? To their divinity. Thinking, well, if I, if I can get Jesus touching them, if I can get their attention on Jesus, they'll give that same kind of devotion to him. Now we're on our way. So love them. Treat them with kindness. Treat them with some of that loving kindness that is so valuable to God. 
sure they shouldn't be there. Those drunks, drug addicts, some of them just throw their life away. It's so sad. Had a man that just used to live in these houses over here. Let's all stand. His wife got stirred up about the Lord. He come with her and he got stirred up about the Lord. The second song. He had been on heroin before. I don't know if he ever really sought hard for the Holy um, Ghost. Look what the Lord has done. Stayed focused on that. I can't remember that. But he was coming no. in. He was repenting. Just playing. Or going through the motions and being baptized. And memory served me right. He worked at a company out North Sharon Avenue or out Harris. I gave you more. Someone slipped him some more heroin. The devil did it. Hey, buddy, you need something to pick you up. What does the devil tell people like that? You've been having it rough the last week. Come on, here. Here's your little upper for you. Come on, this this makes you feel good. This will get you through the week. His fellow laborer, he had went out to his car to take that hit. Come on up. Come on up. Get ready to sing. And, uh, and he was nodding off when his, his fellow laborer saw him. He wasn't real concerned. He was just kind of nodding off in there. I don't think he talked to him, but about two hours later, went back out, and he was laid over in the seat, dead as a doornail. I preached his funeral. It was down in down 74, about 30, 40 miles where his family was. I said, huh? A young, handsome man, beautiful wife. Devil got another one, brother. Brother Anthony. God didn't fail, the man failed, but like him enough. the devil took advantage of that. Like he always lounge. Yeah. He tempt you to do something. Come on, do this, try this. You'll like this. And if you yield to it, that same devil will turn around. See there, you, you're no Christian. You're a hypocrite. You might as well come on out and enjoy life. Hit the, hit, hit the places of sin and iniquity. Come on. devil's lying every time he's talking. You know that, don't you? When's the devil, talk, when's the devil lying? When he's talking. And so in closing this morning, Ooh, I want to break down let me so give you the soldier's challenge. Okay, I'm so mad right now. Well, the great joys of being in the church, we get to pass the truth of God's word to our children. Make sure they know all about God. Make sure God is in the house. Get the gospel music going every day. Those were such lovely days when our children were young, young teenagers and older teenagers. I made sure they all had their own little sound system in their bedrooms. And uh, the, the gospel singers they liked, I made sure they had them. 
boy, some of those yeah, all those old <laughs> '70s and '80s records can still stir my soul. That's right. That old group of Imperials, and there was music coming out of every bed bedroom to the to the choice of the one who occupied it. Sunday morning, Lord have mercy, I'd pick some cinnamon toast and uh, got, him, got him out of bed with cinnamon toast. Yep, Worked. waiting on it. <laughs> and uh, then before long, this that house would be rocking. <laughs> Gospel songs, praise them the Lord. Oh, I miss it. But I got our music on. <laughs> they got it from their mama and their daddy. Sometime I'll put Sister Elm's music on. Quite a trip. Every, every time it's church night, and a lot of times, all, every day of the week, good time to praise the Lord. Good gospel music. We got to save our kids. Got to save our kids. Got to save our kids. Got to let them... Fall in love with Jesus. Give them reason of the hope that lies in you. I'm going to open this altar. If you need prayer for healing today, anointed with oil, if you want to repent of your sins, no better day than today. We got water in that baptistry, I believe. It's always there and it's always hot. We're ready to do business, folks. For the kingdom. So... Let's worship. Let's sing that chorus a little bit before we before I start reading. I won't read it all. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.